You're listening to Novel Bound, a podcast dedicated to making you laugh and keeping you company. Each week, we're sharing all of our favorite books and the embarrassing side of life. Welcome back to Novel Bound. I'm Anna. And I'm Celine. And today, we're just going to be going over what we've been reading lately. It's a good time. We've read yeah. a lot of books, and I've really been enjoying certain books over Same. So. I have some tea to spill about certain books, honestly. <laughs> like, I kind of can't wait to talk about it. I think I have four, four books I DNF'd, so... And like, I have one on the list I DNF'd that I will bring up that I DNF'd it. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be it's going to be some hot tea. So we're going to give you guys the books that we recommend, the books that we're like, eh, not worth the purchase. And we'll kind of go from there. But yep. I thought I would uh, for our cold open. We haven't had a cold open in a long time. It's been a minute. I'd share about the time that my car caught on fire. So, you know, I cannot wait to hear this. Have you ever heard the story like in its entirety? I don't think so. Okay. Okay. Let me set the scene. 16-year-old Celine, senior in high school, president of five clubs, I think. And I was on- No surprise there. I was the pep rally commissioner. So I used to do all the rallies, but I also was in student leadership. So that also meant that I had to go and pick up food for this giant school-wide picnic at this like pool that we were doing. It was like the last- two weeks two or three weeks of school it was probably okay. like right right before my 17th birthday and I remember like I was graduating like two weeks from then and I was so excited and I was in charge of going and driving up to Yuba City getting all of the food for the entire faculty and student body which there was only 300 people 326 people that went to my school there's only 326 people that went to my school and so it wasn't like I had to like do a lot but I picked it all up brought it in my car and then like parked it at I felt so cool because I got to drive on campus to like drop it all off. Like okay. I got to like yeah. pass the thing and like drop it off. I was like, uh-huh. oh my gosh, I'm so driving cool. on the sidewalk. Yeah. And then like I unloaded the food and then my mom was like, hey, can you pick up your sister from school? So my sister went to this middle school, Riverside Elementary, um, for all you Plymouth Lakers. And I like picked up my sister and I see like my neighbor had been waiting in line behind me. And I remember like I waved to her and Shannon got in my car and we're like driving home. And I think we were like five minutes from my house. Like this middle school was five minutes from my house. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden I like I'm driving and I see my neighbor who was like driving behind us. And she is like waving her hands at us, like telling us to stop. And I'm sitting there like, what is, what's, what's the problem? Wondering what she wants. What's yeah. The problem, Bob? Like, I don't, I don't know what's going on. So I like pull over. And my neighbor is like, she like unbuckles her seatbelt and like runs to us. She's like, get out of the car now, get out of the car now. And I'm like, what is happening? She goes, your car is on fire. And I was what like, what part of the car was on fire? My engine was on fire. Wait, and I refuse to believe your engine was on fire and you didn't see it. So I could see smoke like coming up, but I wasn't like, I just. You were just like, this is like one of those things. I was like, I just need to get it home. Like it's sketchy, whatever. And like, you know, when you're 16, you don't know much about cars and Uh like, you know, my personality, I was so oblivious to stuff that I was like, whatever, there is some smoke rising from it. But my, my neighbor, who's a lot smarter than me and like go Tina, shout out to Tina, like literally was like, get out of the car. And she's like pulling my sister and I out of the vehicle and it's just like already on the phone with with like 911 and yeah. all of a sudden like and this is by the way holding up an entire 
middle school pickup line. So it's oh my, my car and then like 70 cars trying to get home. And, and you know, I'm the just, rest of the cars are just moms trying to get their so kids. An- yeah. They're so annoyed at me. And there's only one, it's only one way. Like there's Ooh. like, does that make sense? Like I'm, yeah. that is the only way to leave the thing. And my car set on fire and everyone is like, Ooh. There. So the police, the fire trucks come and they have a blockade. So like everyone is just forced to sit there and watch me, a 16 year old kid and my like 12 year old sister just sitting there being like, okay, cool. This is great. My car was on fire, like the engine and everything. Like it was yeah, going scary. Great. And I'm glad, thank goodness for my neighbor. So what do you do in a situation like this as a 16 year old? You call your mom. So I called my mom and I like go, Hey mom, like, so my car caught on fire. Could you come get me? Yeah. She goes, <laughs> that's so funny, Celine. Um, yeah, you, you, you know, I'll see you later. And then just hung up. And mom hung up, didn't believe me. The kind of stuff your mom had to have to go through <laughs> to hear that. And I'm like, you think you're funny? No, <laughs> no. So then I call her again and I'm like, hey, mom, but for real, it's like my car. Cause I, whenever something bad happens to me, I ain't, or to someone else, like if I saw someone like, fall on trampoline and like break their arm I get I nervously giggle when someone like proposed to me one time which is another story I like nervously giggled not my husband someone proposed to you I'm sorry I was like 17 Celine okay I was like Celine tells these stories where she's like (laughs) people hated me you are you are the kid from meet the Robinsons who are like people hated me and they're like hey goob come to my house and hang out. And he was like, I was universally hated. I was like, wait, wait, back to okay. the story at hand. And I'll, I'll even explain the proposal story. We will get there. Okay. So then, <laughs> so then I call him again and I'm like, Hey, I, um, but for real, my mom, my car is on fire. And she goes, okay, you know what? You and your sister can go get a treat at Walgreens. Like golf, like oh whatever. My gosh. Hangs up the phone again. I look at Tina and I'm like, can you call my mom? And she's like, yeah, my mom doesn't believe her. Finally, I had to call and hand the phone to a firefighter. And he's like, ma'am, your daughter's car is actually on fire. Could you, could you? The denial. And like literally like left and like I had to get my car towed. And like his name was Louis. God bless Louis. (laughs) They rest in peace. Like, yeah. And then. Wait, is he totaled? That that was the end of that car's life? It had to be sold or it got sold to like a. Uh, not sold but it was given away to like a technical school so they could study what happened to it and then try to give it a new life fascinating yeah that's how bad it was like I want to serve a greater purpose (laughs) so um this I'll just give you the the hilarious ending of this that's not very funny to the guy that proposed to me but let's let's talk about (laughs) the effects of this because this directly relates to like that same experience okay you guys are gonna double cold open today I didn't have a car that whole summer. So I graduated high school at like, like the week I turned 17, I graduated high school. Baby Celine. Insane. Very yeah. excited to go to college and just mm-hmm. be a hoe. Like she was so excited. She never kissed a boy and she was like, in college, I'm going to have so much fun. Mm-hmm. I met, we went to like YSA, which is like basically like a youth group for people that are like young and single adults that's what YSA stands for and um adult baby and we used to like we would just do a bunch of stuff together and one of the guys there lived close to me and he was like oh I can give you a ride to these events and he drove a Mustang and had multiple tattoos and he was like four years older than me and my parents were like yeah he can drive you and I was like perfect great he was my first kiss 
my first kiss. And then within like, fascinating, we decided to date for like, but I was like, I'm going to college so I can date you this summer. But like, I'm not, we can't like go mm-hmm. past this summer. I'm going to college. I need yeah. to like live my life. So he was like, oh, I totally understand. Catch him. Like, I didn't find out that he had a ring until I think this past year, but he was like, I remember like the week I was leaving, he was like, would you be interested in marriage? And I was like, I feel like good about uh, you. I don't know. I've been 17 for like two weeks. So like, or like yeah, in your mind, you're like, absolutely not. Yeah. So he like was willing to like move to Idaho for me and like all this sort of stuff. Can you imagine my first semester of school? I was also not. A mature this person. is the plot of something that happens in a show. This is a plot. Um, <laughs> this is from the middle. This reminds me of the plot from of <gasps> Sue and that one guy from the middle. My yeah. parents literally think like whenever they watch that show they're like you're sue like with all of the clubs i was involved in and like how stupid i was like i'm cool so anyways that is the story about how my car caught on fire and it ended up with me getting like because i had to get rides from him we had to like constantly talk and then he just i mean how could you not be in my presence every day and not not fall in love with you (laughs) honestly we're not no one is surprised that he did So if my call hadn't caught on fire, I wouldn't have been proposed to. And here we are. But I'm years later married to a different person. So fun. What kind of car was it? It was a Buick LeSabre. (laughs) I love that car. In fact, my main one of my main characters drives a Buick LeSabre in the Mm. Reagan because he can't afford any other. Oh, what a fun homage. I remember my first car. I think it was like a 2012 Toyota Corolla. It was white. And that baby had no kick to it. It had zero miles on it because if it was 2012 and you graduated in 2014, that means it was a new car. No, it was 2010 because I got it for my sister. No, like like she, she got the car new, um, almost totaled it, totaled then totaled a different car. Then my dad was like, "No car for you. This is going to Anna." (laughs) It was Laura. Who's surprised? She got shipped off to Utah shortly after that. For those of you that have been following this podcast along, you know exactly what happened. Yep. <laughs> yeah, it was a fun time. I love favorite, that car. My favorite thing that Anna and I have like slowly done is like you can chronicle, you can chronologically put together the mess of our lives and our family oh, lives yeah. just by listening to our podcast. Yeah. It's a fun puzzle all. that we do for you. <laughs> <laughs> There's someone that like is an, like a very, very strong fan just like mapping out like, okay, so Celine's cousin- right got drunk at this party once and then she did this (laughs) so funny we don't hold anything (laughs) back because honestly if you're listening to this like you're one of the you're one of the ogs you're one of the ogs for real yeah we love you deeply and personally okay justin wolf i'm really sorry about rejecting your proposal and it was my car's fault not yours i just really wanted the free ride (laughs) I'm sure he listens to this podcast, hoping to hear news of you. No, I can tell you straight <laughs> up, he doesn't because I thought that we were like on good terms after breaking his heart and then not talking to him and then making out with a guy like one day later after. Anyways, I, I was with his friend and we took a selfie together and I was like, oh, send this to Justin. This was literally in October. So like of this past year, and I was like, just say hi. He was such a good guy. He was like, why did you send this to me? To his friend? He was like, why would you let me know that? Like Celine's so dumb. He's married now. I'm thinking he has a kid. Like, good on him. He's so probably sorry. like, I wanted clean cut ties. I don't want to. He's see like, it. I don't like her. She's like literally the worst. So oh, jaded much. Don't come to my defense. I deserve it. 
he deserved like all the sympathy. <laughs> I'm the one that like, yeah, yeah. Like, oh my gosh, of- man, get over it. She was a 17 year old. If you're trying to propose to a 17 year old, that's weird. It's, it was weird. <laughs> yeah. There was a lot of the things I look back on now and I was like, that, mm, that one's yeah. a red flag. Mm, I <laughs> recently have, okay, we have to get into this. Two second tangent. I recently no, have just I been really thinking about, <laughs> I've just really been thinking about um, how much I hate age gaps. And sometimes they're like romanticized, like, oh my gosh, especially in Pretty Little Liars with Arya and Ezra. And it's like such a predator thing. It's gross. But like watching that as a 15 year old, you were like, oh my gosh, goals. They're so cute. But that's why was Shonda Rhimes, right? She's the one who made Pretty Little Liars. Why was she putting that in the plot? If I was a parent, I would not let my kid watch that. Here's the deal. What freaks me out is that I, at 26, am the same age as most of my boyfriends that dated me at 17 and 18. I can't even imagine being attracted to a 17 or 18 year old. And I also am like, wow, they really didn't have their lives put together. What were they doing dating a seven? What were they doing? First of all, they were in college at BYUI dating. That's weird. Yeah. Hmm. They were like, she looks, she looks great for the picking. What is that? That felt like such a historical fiction. Like, <laughs> I just finished watching season two of Bridgerton and I loved it so much. I feel like I live in the Regency area. When I'm he in Bath. Says, I hate when he like, what was the phrase that he said when he like was like, I hate you. I absolutely abhor you or whatever. She was- says that she was like, you vex me. And then he, this is like sometime later, but he was like, I Ralph. hate that you, I hate you. And I hate that you're the object of all my desires. And I was like, oh! <laughs> do you even know all the ways to seduce a woman? I was like, like calling up your husband and like, how to come home <laughs> right now. <laughs> it was beautiful writing. Honestly, it was honestly like the, that is so much stronger than I burn for you, which by the way, you know, who said I burn for you? It wasn't mm-hmm. Simon. They borrowed the line from Anthony. He actually said it in the second book. Of he course, was the one that because... said, "I burn for you, Simon." They just gave it to Simon because he needed something. He needed Anthony something. took it all. What are they gonna yeah. do with uh... Anthony? Really did take it all really and left did. nothing for no one else. No crumbs. Um, what about his younger brothers? Are you um, feeling? Did you feel like they were doing okay this season? Because I was like, I'm not really. Benedict is like he's about to go through some hard struggles. Colin, uh, I felt like he ended off on like a jerky note, where I'm like, yeah. okay, jerk. I was like, do you really deserve Penelope mm-hmm. Feather? And Penelope went through her own journey. I'm like, girl, she is like coming out the villain. I still, I'm rooting for her still, but like. I am so excited. I think I might read the, I might, because I read the first book. You know what? There is something my sister, because she read the series, my sister Sarah, and she was saying that like, there's a information that you know about Antony that they don't mention in season two. What? And she's like, and one of the things is that, um, and this isn't really spoiler, like, you know, that their dad died and Antony was there to like witness it. The trauma. And he was like, but Antony starts, like, he believes that he's never going to live past the age of his father. He believes he's going to oh, yeah. die when his father died, like at the age of his father died. So he's, he's, he's looking for a wife because he's like, I only have a couple years to get my family ready for when I'm not here. That's that would so have made sad. so much more sense in because I was like, why is he suddenly deciding to? Yeah, I wish I would have included that. Yeah, I remember hearing that, but that makes so much more sense as to why he was pushing to just pick that mm-hmm. one. The sister did not give her any grief 
she gave them such a hard time for like so long. I was like, good night for someone who's so, for so sweet. Long. Yeah. She was like, I was like, I kind of understood it a little bit, but I was like, okay, Edwina, we get it. Like, okay. Wow. For someone who's so sweet. I was like, if you married Anthony, you would have put him in his place. <laughs> like within seconds. I'm like, maybe you were suited for him a little bit. Yeah. It was nice to see more of her personality, like shine through. Yeah, it was good. Okay. Let's get into these books. Books. Let's do it. Okay. Do you want to guess? Do you want to start? Yeah, I'll start. So I recently read The Grace Year by Kim Leggett. Leggett? I don't really know. Anyways, I'll read a little excerpt for you. No one speaks of the grace year. It's forbidden. In Garner County, girls are told, girls are told whew, they have the power to lure grown men from their beds, to drive women mad with the jealousy. They believe their very skin emits a powerful aphrodisiac, the potent essence of youth, of a girl on the edge of womanhood. That's why they're banished for their 16th year, to release their magic into the wild so they can return purified and ready for marriage. But not all of them will make it home alive. 16-year-old Tierney James dreams of a better life. A society that doesn't pit friend against friend or woman against woman. But as her own grace year draws near, she quickly realizes that it's not just the brutal elements they must fear. It's not even the poachers in the woods. Men who are waiting for a chance to grab one of the girls in order to make a fortune in the black market. Their greatest threat may very well be each other. With sharp prose and gritty realism, the grace year examines the complex and sometimes twisted relationships between girls, the woman they eventually become, and the difficult decisions they make in between. Um, this book, like it sounds amazing. Yeah, it sounds so good. And it, you know what? It is really good. It has 14.15 stars on the like Goodreads. Like it's got really good reviews. I am an idiot and didn't realize that this was like a horror thriller book. Oh my gosh. Which is what this was. The cover is like pink. And I mean, to be fair, there is like a little bit of blood on it. And I even think on the cover, it says like, haunting a heart in your throat action driven story I couldn't stop reading um but like even that's not like so you read this book not realizing that you had read a I read this book not realizing that I was in for a time I've totally done that before I've totally done that before I did that with the heartless by Marissa Meyer I didn't realize that it was like oh I have not (laughs) even read that because I know that I it would ruin me it it messed me up so bad because I was like waiting for the happy ending and when the book ended I was like oh my gosh there is not a happy ending so (laughs) this book (laughs) I will say this book ends on like a like uplifting note where like things aren't all bad but it's like gory right like is it like my book level of gory or like no gory this girl leave so the group of girls finally leaves first of all it's like we get it you hate the patriarchy the men rule everything that's the patriarchy it's like yeah. the handmaid's tale and i'm like we get it but like i don't need to get it shoved in my face 80 billion times You're but like, anyways, watch this guy mistreat another girl and watch this guy mistreat yeah another- literally so yeah. And she has his best friend who like comes to her rescue and she was like, how dare you try to do that? And he was like, you're, I'm trying to save you and help you <laughs> anyways. But what I'm trying to get at is, so the group finally, leave, right? The 16 year olds leave to go start their grace year. And one of the girls is like, so mean. And she asked one of the like kind of outcast girls. And she's like, if you had magic, like, what do you think your gift would be? And the girl's like, I wish that like, I could fly. Like, and it's just, it's just like sweet response. And they're like, Immediately, the girl is like, she's weak. She's going to die. And so she ends up being left behind and the poachers get her and the girls have to camp and listen to them, like skin her alive. Basically, her screaming 
all night long and into the morning. And finally, like her screams die away and everyone's like, oh, what a relief. And I'm like, so that's just a little, oh, and they found making no one want to read this book based off. Why would the poacher skin the girl? I don't they, get because part. because it says in Garner County, girls were told they have the power to lure grown men from their beds to drive women mad with jealousy. They believe their very skin emits a powerful <gasps> aphrodisiac, oh, no. the potent essence of youth, a girl on the edge of womanhood. So like they really do think that like their body parts and their blood and anything like a thinly veiled like, analogy of the world like oof yeah yeah well so they finally get to the little encampment right and they're closed in by the guards it's just these girls by themselves and there is this big tree and they go to like uncover the stone and you can see that all the girls previously had burned all of the stuff that they had built to help them so like you know they basically were like you're on your own you got to figure this out yourself oh my god and the main character starts sitting or not sitting she go tyranny goes to look at the stone on the tree and something starts dripping on her hand and she look up and there's ears and fingers and like things nailed to the tree that are still like dripping blood it's like it is dark it's so dark and the (laughs) twists the twists that are in this book are insane like I won't spoil it but I remember finding something out that I was like I don't want to spoil it but yeah this book was wild if you're in for like a thriller time you would really like this but I was like not prepared to read um lord of the flies meets like handmaid's tale and that's what this is so that is a great that sounds exactly like what this book is yeah yeah 100 percent. oh my gosh that's crazy it was a time mm-hmm. okay um i was so distracted by that i i literally like i need to click i went off the other book. i went off i'm sorry <laughs> no you're fine okay so i think what i'm going to tell you about is this series by Jessica Scarlett. So she's actually one of our followers and I I love her. She's super cool. Um, This book is like really good. So I'm, what I would actually recommend is to read the whole series. Like it's so good, but the third book is what I'm reading right now. And I was screaming about it Mm -hmm. um, to Anna, like this morning, like I was 35% of the way in and I was like, you have to read it or like, (laughs) like I was freaking out. (laughs) Okay, so this one's called, um, so I'll read you like A Lily in Disguise, like the background of it, and then I'll, but A Lady on the Chase. Oh no, we're just going to do Lady on the Chase. It is $4 okay. on Kindle or it's free with Kindle Unlimited. So like, I'm really helping us all out here, right? It. Like giving us those books that are included. Um, okay, so this is the third one. I loved this book series. I love the other ones, but like, if you just want to like, mm, this one's good, but let me read it. Her father promised her to one man. She promised her heart to a second until she meets the third. This is once again, the best historical fiction book I have ever read so far. And I've only read 35% of it. So Lady Alicia Kendall has it all. Wealth, beauty, suitors, and a history of creating scandals. The only thing she doesn't have is her best friend and the man of her dreams, Henry Crawley. When Henry announces his plans to join the regulars, his or her father's admin disapproval of him deepens and prompts a deal to be struck. She has two weeks to secure Henry's proposal or she must, she must give him up forever and marry a man of her father's choosing. She agrees, but when one of her attempts goes awry, she gets a begrudging proposal from someone else entirely, Matthew Wycliffe, the most condescending man ever to walk the face of the earth and her newly discovered nemesis. If only to avoid yet another scandal, Alicia accepts Wycliffe's offer. After all, with the deal she struck with her father, she'll never marry the man anyway. But as they endure dark castles, hot-tempered soldiers, and hidden secrets brought to light all in their quest for a proposal from Henry, Alicia notices something different about the insufferable, grumbling Matthew Wycliffe, and she wonders if perhaps the proposal she wants is the one she's already received. 
Sorry, words are hard in that moment. So if you like the second season of Bridgerton, you're going to love this one because like, you know how Anthony and Kate, they like meet each other like mark for mark and there's so much like verbal banter. That's exactly what um, Alicia and Matthew is. And like, you'll, if you read the first book, Matthew's like a 10 year old kid, but he's already like so memorable. And this is Matthew. Doria is like an 18 year old. No, as an old, maybe a little older than that, but his story is so fun. And like, they hate each other. In fact, like he's trying to help her get engaged to the guy she really wants to. (laughs) And so while they're trying to like get the, like get untangled from this engagement that they were forced into, they are like finding things out about each other that like are really, really fun. But like they also, and like, mm, like he's so smart and she's so smart and they're both like Mm -hmm. so cunning. It's like watching a game of chess. Like it's so fun. And they are burning for each other so hard. It was awesome. And it's clean, which I thought was super cool. Like the, it is. So I really like the Jessica Scarlet is a really, really good author. And like, I will read everything that she has. So that's my book. Yeah. You have been praising her. And honestly, I love when characters have good banter, right? Nothing is more important. And the premise is so unpredictable. Mm -hmm. And I think like, she gives us like a like a character that we really cheer for but like we also like and she's not like she's not perfect she's not someone that like you know yeah. but literally like for four dollars this book is amazing like I really yeah. liked it and also like it's so unpredictable it's a unique storytelling that I never thought like um plot wise like that she's forced to be engaged to this guy but she and him are like working together and like yeah. they're fully open in their communication and honesty with each other <clears throat> except for the fact it kind that of reminds me of the first season of Bridgerton a little bit yes. with oh Simon yeah Bradley. you're gonna love it you're gonna mm. love it we love a trope we love, we a, love trope. a trope we do okay so my next book is and this is one I really really loved so Song of the Forever Rain by EJ Mello this book okay I will say I feel like it's nothing groundbreaking but it was delightful. It was such a delightful read. Um, okay, let me read the page. The Thief Kingdom is a place hidden within the world of Adelor. Adelor. Many whisper of its existence, but few have found this place where magic and pleasure abound. There, the mysterious Thief King reigns supreme with the help of the Musai, a trio of revered and feared sorceresses. Larkyra Bassett may be the youngest of the Musai, but when she sings, her voice has the power to slay monsters. When it's discovered the Duke of Lachlan is siphoning a poisonous drug from the Thief Kingdom and using it to abuse his tenants, Larkyra is offered her first solo mission to stop the Duke. Eager to prove herself, Larkyra accepts by poisoning as the Duke's potential bride. But her plans grow complicated and she finds herself drawn to Lord Darius McKenna, Lachlan's rightful heir. Soon she suspects Darius has his own motivations for ridding Lachlan of the corrupt Duke. Larkyra and Darius must learn to trust each other if there is to be any hope of saving the people of Lachlan and themselves. Welcome to the world of Adalora, where lords and ladies can be murderers and thieves, and the most alluring notes are often the deadliest. Dare to listen. Oh my gosh. <laughs> this, but I've been begging Slim to read this. This book is a pure delight. Catch me, catch me literally on Amazon right now being like, click. It's free. It's, it's free right now on Kindle. So are you freaking kidding yeah. me? Okay. I'm no, on it. I'm not. I loved this book so much. I love Larkyra. In fact, they're like there are some really complicated themes to this book as well. It starts off with this kind of dark premise where the girls are really young and the lore is really fascinating. And there is this one character that I like totally love and they kind of watch out for the sisters. Um, And yeah, I think that Larkara is like a refreshingly good heroine. Like she is weird, but she likes that she's weird and she likes things to be interesting. And there 
she is always thrown into situations with Darius. They're always together. They're always trying to figure things out. And I'm also obsessed because, you know, Lachlan is basically like Scotland and Ireland. And so it's a beautiful scenery, a beautiful stone castle that they're in. Their like trauma is that they have to work through together. It's yeah. I'm and you know what? I'll say this. I was never worried about my characters. Like I was like, is anyone going to be dying? Are they not going to end up together? Like, you know, you could feel things. We have some trust issues scared. right now. We have some trust issues that we're working we have through. Some trust issues. We are working through some trust issues. We are working through some trust issues. You are safe with EJ Mello. And in fact, I recently just read the second book, um, Dance of the Burning Sea, which is about the middle sister. Um, in my personal opinion, I like the first book a little bit better, but I just think I loved the first book so much. <laughs> And there is like, yeah, mm, I could go on, but just, yeah, <laughs> it's great. <laughs> we love it. We love to see it. Mm-hmm. Okay, what was your favorite, who's your favorite character in the book? Oh, that's hard. I love Larkyra. I'm one of those people that like my favorite character is usually the main character, but I also love Darius, which he is kind of a main character too. No, my favorite character is, oh, what's their name? I literally am gonna have to pull it up on my phone because it was it's like this character that is a brother and a sister and they share like a soul it's kind of like the way Percy Jackson is written where like when one takes consciousness like the body changes into the brother and then the body will change into the sister and they're like an ancient being and they are have been like kind of Try to raise the sisters at a dinner party. Them. Try to explain that at a dinner party. <laughs> I literally, I know. Whenever someone's okay. like, "Oh, what are you reading?" and I'm like, "Um, um, the, um about a mm, yep, yeah." <laughs> I think the name is a chalk. Is their name, and they are like ancient, and they're funny, and the sisters have them like totally wrapped around their finger, and yeah, I love that. It's a good time. Okay, um, I'm going to talk about the Throne of Glass series. I'm into the third book now. This is spoiler free. But um, we have not, like, as a collective us, like, mm-hmm. touched the Throne of Glass series because I don't like being told what to do. <laughs> I don't like no. being told what to read or that yeah. I should like something because it's popular. Like, that's something that I'm like, no. So I'm going to read it in my own time. So guess what? I'm reading it in my own time and I'm loving it. Um, I'm not saying this is the best book ever, the book series. In fact, most people are like, you just got to get the first through the first couple of books and then three through five is like everything and like mm-hmm. seeing yeah. sarah j moss and loving a court of wings and ruin that book was amazing so i'm willing to see it through and so i'm listening to it while i'm reading other books and i'm just listening to it when i'm like doing laundry <clears throat> like i do laundry or i'm like driving and i actually really like slana i think she's really cool and she's very strong and i'm really impressed with the way that she handles situations i think mm-hmm. she character and I like can definitely like recommend like I recommend her I feel like her grief and the way she copes with things especially in the second book is realistic and real and I love that like she sacrifices even her own heart and her own feelings in order to like protect the like she is a good idea of like the overall goal and when she doesn't do those things she deals with the choices that she's made and she it pushes her to become a better person because there are times when she makes the wrong decision and she actually has real consequences yeah including like losing someone that she loves and like losing the respect of other people that she loves so like and vice versa like when someone like there's real consequences I think like I haven't yet had the part of 
you know how like certain authors, it's just like hundreds of pages that you're like, I don't care what's happening. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's like slow. So far, I'm only at the beginning of the third book. I don't feel like that's true so far. Everything has action. Everything has good pacing. And um, which is crazy for like an eight book series. So like for I think there books- are two books, like one of the books you're supposed to tandem read with the other. Yeah. And then one of the books is like a prequel. I haven't touched either of those. Mm-hmm. I'm just starting with the originals and then calling it yeah. good. I'm not putting, it's like when my, Tanner, when he wanted me to watch the Lord of the Rings for the first time, he made me watch the extended editions. <sighs> and so instead of like watching like, you know, six hours crazy, of movies, I watched 14 hours of the movies and he oh was like, didn't gosh. you love that? And I was like, no, I hated all of it. No. I like Lord of the Rings, but not the extended editions when I've never seen it before. So I'm just doing it. Yeah. Old school. You have I to like, like slowly let yourself get into the water. I just may, unfortunately, because we have people that are super excited about reading it, like I've gotten some spoilers. Uh, So I knew like a lot of spoilers. Yeah. Like, and yeah. yeah. And you can't enter the reading world without knowing like a big twist that I think would have been so exciting to find out on its own. And so that kind of sucked. But now that I'm in the third book, like I'm excited to see, I know that like the main character ends up with a book or with a book character in this book that's introduced and I'm so excited because I can finally like put my heart into this relationship yeah. because I'm one of those people that's like I'm not gonna put my heart into someone that's not end game so here we are mm, yeah mm, mm, mm. and she's training with a prince right now and he thinks that she's like this this like very weak person and she's like mm. just you wait buddy you and know. I'm like sitting there like just you wait buddy just you wait yes so anyways that's my theories on it um, I'm giving it, I'm just walking in with an open mind. That's, yeah. and that's why I w- wasn't going to touch it until I wanted to read it for myself and not because like it's a popular book series or because yeah. like, if we talk about it, then we'll trend on the internet. I'm like, no, I'm going to read it when I feel ready and I feel ready. So yeah, perfect. That's how you, yeah. sh- that's how it should be. Mm-hmm. All right. My next book is, um, the girl who fell beneath the sea. I've talked about this a lot on Instagram, but I don't think I've talked about it on the podcast very much. I loved this book. Loved it so much. Okay. Deadly storms have ravaged Mina's homeland for generations. Floods sweep away entire villages while bloody wars are waged over the few remaining resources. Her people believe the sea god, once their protector, now cursed them with death and despair. In an attempt to appease him, each year a beautiful maiden is thrown into the sea to serve as a sea god's bride. In the hopes that one day the true bride will be chosen and end the suffering. Many believe that Shim Cheong, the most beautiful girl in the village and the beloved of Mina's older brother, June, may be the legendary true bride. But on the night Cheong is to be sacrificed, June follows Cheong out to sea, even knowing that to interfere is a death sentence. To save her brother, Mina throws herself into the waters in Cheong's stead. Swept away to the spirit realm, a magical city of lesser gods and mythical beasts, Mina seeks out the sea god, only to find him caught in an enchanted sleep. With the help of a mysterious young man named Shin, as well as a motley crew of demons, gods, and spirits, Mina sets out to wake the sea god and bring an end to the killer storms once and for all. But she doesn't have much time. A human cannot cannot live long in the land of the spirits, and there are those who would do anything to keep the sea god from waking. This book was so good, and I know I talked about this in a previous episode of like books that I'm excited to read this year, this like lived up to all the hype and even more, the story was action packed. It's just one book. So you don't have to worry about like, is there more coming out? It it all finishes in one story. We need that. We need that. Yeah. It's great. It there's from the moment you first start reading, there's action and like, it doesn't really stop until the end. And the end is beautiful. It's so 
good and it's unexpected. You don't see it coming. Um, I love the characters that she wrote. They're so unique and you know who everyone is and even the world of spirits. And there's like a twist that maybe because I'm dumb that I didn't see that it was like obvious, but like I cried reading it because I was like, this is just so beautiful. Like Aww. the story is so good and it pays like such a beautiful homage to like the culture and, but it's like not hard to read. Like, I think if you're wanting to get into reading more Asian style books, like this is mm-hmm. a great one to start with. Um, I know daughter of the moon goddess, like it really throws you in there and it's still really good, but I would really suggest girl who felt me to see because yeah. I like loved this book. It was so good. It was it just left me feeling so happy. I love that. Okay, so the last book we also have after this are um, our books about like our DNF books. And those ones, yes. this is just our like, hey, we didn't feel like this was worth the hype. But yes. I want to talk about the last book that I will recommend and it's Some Mistakes Were Made by Kristen Dwyer. Right. So I got like an, an early advanced copy of it. And I feel like if you are wondering, like, is this book worth the hype that we've been seeing, you know, all these reviews are like, I cried so much. Um, it has, it like makes me laugh because I'm like, I thought that I was going to get my heart broken in this book. I was like, oh my gosh, it's going to be like a Nicholas Sparks novel where like I, and it ends and I cry and everything's sad because like, honestly, like what, (laughs) this is what it says. Um, that it's basically a book about heart. What is it? A deeply human story of first love, found family, and the heartbreak of losing them both. So when you think about it, you're like, oh my gosh, this is like a vulnerable story where we have to watch mm-hmm. this sad thing. Guys, it's it ends happily. It ends exactly how you, it has yeah. a happily ever after. It's totally fine. And like, I wish someone had told that to me. You're just expecting this ball to drop the whole time. I was, expl- yeah, I was like, okay, let's see how this train gets off the rails. It was beautiful. And all of the like in the things that like that have happened that are bad, they happen in the first like minute and a half of the book where like you know like exactly where they are and then it goes back and forth. The timeline was really beautiful, but most of all, you really, really, really engage well with the main character and like who she is. And I think when people are talking about, oh, I cried or I felt there, it's because you identify so deeply with the main character's feelings. If you've ever felt rejected or like you weren't enough and like she, the main character comes from a really, really, really hard and rough home. And she's adopted by this fam, not adopted, but like, you know, she comes over to this family's house all the time. And um, what it's like feeling like you have a home and wondering if you're ever enough for them or that you could ever like receive someone's love that's not your family. And that's like what it's about. It's not in any way like a sad book. It is beautiful. I'm so excited to buy this book and like actually read it. And I would never endorse a book if I hadn't felt that way. But like, I want I want to buy like the collector's edition of this book. I think that Kristen Dwyer is an amazing writer. So yes. here's what it's about. You can't always go home again. Ellis and Easton have been inseparable since childhood, but when a rash decision throws Ellis's life and her relationship with Easton into chaos, she's forced to move halfway across the country, far from everything she's ever known. Now, Ellis hasn't spoken to Easton in a year, and maybe it's better that way. Maybe eventually the Easton-shaped hole in her heart will heal, but when Easton's mother invites her home for a celebration, Ellis finds herself tangled up in a web of heartache, betrayal, and anger that she left behind, and with the boy that she never stopped loving. And the boys, like the brothers, there's three boys in this family, and you love every single one of them. You love them. They're so great, and I hope that- Aww. I hope 
be on everything that Kristen has a book for each of the boys because and like oh their my story. gosh that would be so fun because like I loved them I loved the boys yeah. and it's such a like I couldn't it was one of those books the second I started reading the first chapter I was like um Tanner I will not be talking to you for the next two to seven hours so it just pulls you in it's great yeah you want to talk about books awesome. you dnf'd <laughs> yeah yeah I'm like let's 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 get into it unless you have another one that you recommend no I'm ready to get a books I dnf'd let's dnf them so this book I dnf'd I purely think it's a me problem because this has amazing reviews on goodreads like I did not find really one bad one look at how we've matured (laughs) and I'm like it's I'm pretty sure it's a me problem but I'll give you my thoughts and then we'll talk about it and it's sorcery of throat Sorcery of Thorns by Margaret Rogerson. So here's the premise. It sounds like amazing. All sorcerers are evil. I'm starting that over. All sorcerers are evil. Elizabeth has known that as long as she has known anything. Raised as a foundling in one of Ostomir's great libraries, Elizabeth has grown up among the tools of sorcery. Magical grimoires that whisper on shelves and rattle beneath iron chains. If provoked, they transform into grotesque monsters of ink and leather. She hopes to become a warden, charged with protecting the kingdom from their power. Then an act of sabotage releases the library's most dangerous grimoire. Elizabeth's desperate intervention implicates her in the crime, and she is torn from her home to face justice in the capital, with no one to turn to but her sworn enemy, the sorcerer Nathaniel Thorne, and his mysterious demonic servant, she finds herself entangled in a centuries-old conspiracy. Not only could the great libraries go up in flames, but the world along with them. As her alliance with Nathaniel grows stronger, Elizabeth starts to question everything she's been taught about sorcerers, about the libraries she loves, even about herself. For Elizabeth has a power she has never guessed in a future she could never have imagined. Okay, so this sounds like amazing. This sounds so good. And honestly, it opens and the opening scene is like it's midnight and it's storming and it's raining. And a really deadly grimoire has just been brought to the library. And she has been chosen to help the warden, you know, put it, store it and keep it in place where it goes. And it's like such a gritty start and it's such a good, compelling start. Um the problem is, is that the start is fast paced and it's amazing and the story is compelling. And then it just kind of like trickles out from there. And the even the love story is like a little unbelievable to me because he's so cold to her like the entire time and she's not even with him. Like she goes to this manner that he's not there for like chapters and chapters and she has to figure out how to save herself. And I don't know. They just don't communicate They're They don't have a friendship that turns into love. It's just like suddenly they love each other and it doesn't make a ton of sense to me. And so I didn't I like there has to be, if you're going from enemies to lovers, there has to be a part where you're like accidentally becoming friends. Like, yeah. like in Bridgerton too, when they're like laughing in the mm-hmm. mud. Like you have to have that. Yeah. I feel like when they're in, even when they're, I think the author tried to put that in or like they are quote accidentally becoming friends, but it's not really, they're just becoming acquaintances. Like she will be in the library, you know, in his study when he's working, but like, they're not talking to each other and they're not sharing anything about each other. And she has, she's started this whole mission that she's like, this is how I'm going to save everything. And she doesn't really let him in on it until like, the last step when she's like, I think I'm going to need his help. Yeah. And so like, it's just, I'm sure like it ends on a good note and it's good. I don't even know how it ends. Like I own it. So I'll, if I'll try it out when I, I own it too. I'm like, I'm looking at the book on my shelf right now. And like, it really does have amazing reviews. Like I'm scrolling 
and I cannot find a single bad one. Here's one that like, I kind of agree with. Yeah. So I, was, I was wondering why I found myself underwhelmed throughout reading this book. And I realized that it might be because I prefer Rogerson to write short, simple, romantic stories rather than trying to make a complex fantasy narrative. I appreciate the unique concept and world that she tried to convey, but I think there was a disconnect between that and the actual execution. I was aware of her intentions, intentions with the whimsical world building, snarky love interest, secretly soft demon, but it didn't impact me as intended. There were several times throughout the book where I found myself dragging to get through the unnecessarily long story and felt bogged down by it. That is exactly how I felt. There was no romantic chemistry between the couple at all. And the villain is one dimensional and mustache twirling. There are merits to this book. <laughs> I appreciate and the efforts to create a unique type of fantasy story, but this wasn't for me. Wow. I'm I actually like, the, way the word mustache twirling. It's I know. like the funniest adjective I've ever heard in my life. So funny. You know what? I think that everyone just loves this book so much is because she's like really tall. She's like six one. Gosh, are you hating on a character? I'm not hating tall. on a character who's tall. Oh my gosh. Anna but like a lot of the books. things I say Anna, is like Anna only likes books because the one characters are short. That's why she loves Inej from Six of Crows. Oh She's my like, gosh. Short. Uh that's not why, but it's Patience. not my fault. Inej is the best character. <laughs> She's the wraith. She's the wrath. Whatever She's the it I'll die on this hill. I don't care how tall the character is, but like it's brought up. It, you know how tall girl is like, yeah, it is a yeah. curse to be this tall. And they're like, <laughs> girl, people so have dumb. cancer that in the world. So dumb. I'm like, oh, she's tall. I never realized that you could be insecure about being tall. <laughs> well, even like the first movie opens and it's like, there are like, things, some like people will never have to go through life. And, and it's it be tall. I'm like, oh my gosh. <laughs> it's like making a movie called Midsize, where it's like, I, I wear size 8, 10. My life is yeah. so hard because I see a bunch of social media ads that make it sound like I need to be 100 pounds. And I'm like, you don't. Everyone is, everyone is midsize. Most people are. Yeah, exactly. Except for I do yeah. give Anna crap for being tiny a lot. Yeah, but it's not my fault. Like I'm just, a no, and person. I give her crap because I think she's so dang hot and gorgeous. And I'm like, we can't <laughs> all be little amazing people like you, Anna. Oh, we can't all have yeah. a butt that don't quit. It's so annoying. <laughs> hey, I've worked hard for this, but I'm still working hard for it. <laughs> You're doing great. You're doing great. I am seeing Buster in the background just like settling in for a little nap. He like went up your Yeah, stairs. he will like roll over sometimes and like stretch. <laughs> it's a, it's a rainy day here and it is affecting him. Tell everyone about um yesterday when we were FaceTiming, she like put her hand to the window to make it focus. And I legitimately was like, thought you were like, I was showing Slim Buster. I was like, look at my cute dog. He's laying in the sunshine. And I like put my hand out. And she's like, Are you like lovingly? putting your hand out to your dog and I was like no I'm trying to get my camera to focus and then but she, if I was like, <laughs> what a matter and she went on like a five-minute tangent about how the doctor told her that Buster's portly she was so hurt by it it's so yeah funny. I like took him in to get a checkup and they weighed him and they were like 5.6 pounds and then the doctor was like he's a little portly for you know his size and I was like Buster we're gonna have to lose some weight <laughs> I love this. I love this so much. It's like when Adelaide turns to me and she's like, mom, I can't find a red crayon. And I'm like, I'm so glad that's your problem, sweetie. I'm glad you're not worried if you have food to eat tonight or something. You're like, Buster's five yeah. six pounds. Like catch Anna at two 30 in the morning, lying awake being like, how do I give Buster a diet? I know. I'm like, how do I make him lose half a pound? He's a, he's a portly dog. Just like there's total girl. It's portly dog. <laughs> it's his curse in life. <laughs> 
sucks. We'll get through because it. We'll he's get just through eating it. his feelings because he feels guilty because or not guilty. He feels like he's not giving the attention he wants since there's a new a new baby. Anna oh, looked me dead in the eye on the phone yesterday and she's like, well, I can't hold myself. He's my first child. Yeah, he's I said what child. I said. Yeah, I was like, I said it and I'm not taking it back. At least I don't post online. Like, oh, I am part of this Yorkie page because Buster's a Yorkie. My, mo- my <laughs> mom yeah, added me to talking. the page. You are making me into Patrick Hines with how, like, I'm going to have an asthma attack if you keep. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I have to tell this story. I have to tell the story because nothing pisses me off more than this. I cute myself. I'm annoying everyone. <laughs> my mom added me to this Yorkie page. And I was like, oh, like, okay, I'll accept this. Like, this is cute, right? And it's all middle-aged people on this page. It's not any young people like me, right? Because Yorkie's. Anyways, there is this one person who posts like as if their dog was posting and their dog's name is Blaze, but the <laughs> post will be like a baby talk, but it's not just like, oh, little baby Blaze. Like she will type out like little baby Blaze, like with W's and, and it's a paragraph, paragraphs long. She will post a picture and she has hundreds of likes. And I'm like, this doesn't bother anybody else. This middle in a Yorkie woman. group. She posts in the Yorkie group because she knows it's the only place she knows what she's say. doing. That's true. She does know what she's doing. She I has an audience to entertain, but I, ooh, it, I hate it so much. Please send me all the screenshots of it. Whenever it pops up, just let it there. Oh, I will. Okay. So I cut myself off of Facebook, like, um, 20, like beginning of 2021, because I was like, it was <laughs> affecting my mental health. And I feel like I've missed out oh. on so much like Facebook culture, like things like that. Does that there make sense? Th- I like, stay, ooh, I stay reading the gossip, like not the gossip, but like, yeah. I am the person looking through the window, like reading all 60 comments on a post from a girl who like complained about someone. And they're like, is this who you're trying to bring up? And I met these people one time in my life, but will I read every single comment and try to look at their page to see what they look like? Yes. I have tea for you. You know how like a couple of days ago I sent you that screenshot of the girl? Yes. I talked to Jalen about that. Okay. Have I sent you the update on that? No. Okay. So Tell me what your reaction was when you got, like, what did I send you? What did I send you? Celine sent me this picture and it was like, you're part of this photography page. And it was like, hypothetically speaking, so hypothetically speaking, if I hypothetically took pictures of this couple and hypothetically was editing them and the groom hypothetically unalive the bride, hypothetically, would you finish editing the pictures and send them? I was like, what? Yeah. So the groom murdered the bride and she's like, uh, do I edit all of them? Like, what do I do with this? And so everyone is like sitting there. I messaged, I messaged the girl and I was like, what happened? Like, yeah. everything. You ready? Yes. Hypothetical murdered bride update. Guys, I can't make this up. So the previous post did happen only to a friend of mine, but it's a good thing that she listened to you guys and sent the full gallery to the emails attached to the contract because guess what? The bride called her and gushed about how in love she was and how she wanted to go and order an album. Yes. Wait. The bride who was hypothetically murdered by her new husband. That bride. What? The bride's mother called my friend and made up the story of how things happened. (gasps) Turns out the bride cut off ties with her mom shortly after the wedding because she's a very toxic person, if you can't tell. And it was all the husband's fault, quote unquote. Because her gosh, would have never done that before she married him. The mother of the bride blew everything up and told everyone, not just my friend, the photographer, that he killed her. For reasons. Anyways, she's alive. I just thought you all all want to know. And oh my gosh! Wow, what a happy ending. I'm like best case scenario there, but like, what an insane mother. Can you imagine your phone ringing and like it being like the bride's number? And you're like, 
Do you like, aren't you dead? Like, is this the groom calling? So I'm sure she picked that up and she was like, hello? (laughs) Yeah. And then my gosh, (laughs) but she's fine. Can you imagine like the show? What a relief. Honestly, I'm like, really though? What a relief, but insane mother. I forgot. I didn't give you an update on that. So you just left me hanging in the dark thinking that the husband had killed her. Sometimes I just walk around like being like, what if this happened? I mean, I had some crazy weddings last year where I'm like, mm, yeah, it wouldn't be surprised. Need a wide range. <laughs> I have some brides that I would 100% go clubbing with and like they would be amazing. I have brides that I've literally had holiday like, you know, so I'm celebrating Easter with one of my brides. But like there are also some where I'm like, if you told me you'd murdered your husband in cold blood, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. Wouldn't sometimes I'll check on them I'll like scroll and be People like you be guys, wild you still married you good maybe <laughs> hide in some dark secrets like okay you have a book on your dnf list the spanish love deception and I dnf'd it too but I really want to know why you dnf'd it because I don't um, even think we've talked about it I think it's yeah it's like I'm listening to it because I'm bored right now it's not yeah. like uh I just think it's not deep Bro, I DNF'd it after like three pages. Same. And I that's like because Same. it starts off and the guy's like, I'll, I'll be your what? date. Yeah. And she's like, no. And I I'm like, you. I hate you. And he's like, no, let me be your date. And I'm like, why are you trying to convince her so hard? She said no. Yeah. So that is literally it. I don't, I'm trying to give it a chance to see if it gets better, but I'm not like, I'm glad I didn't buy this book. Yeah. Same. People say they like it, but honestly, sometimes I'm like, you guys just like things because of the smut. Oh yeah. Well, like l- listen to this one review. I won't even read all of it. It's so long. Anna, said, Anna like creeped on my DNFs and she's like, by the way, I have some comments. I was like, by the way, I also have thoughts on those. <laughs> the enemies to lovers trip was also barely there. There was no snarky comments, no tension, nothing. Honestly, they weren't enemies at all. Aaron was just too awkward to open his mouth and ask her on a date. And Catalina is too busy to be in her own head to notice that she isn't having a sexy rivalry. It is. It is made perfectly clear from the beginning that Aaron is in love with Catalina and has been since the second he laid out Oz on her. You're right. Being your friend has always been the last thing on my mind. Like this is on page 100. And then we have to watch Catalina pretend she doesn't see it for 300 more pages. Also, he offered to be her fake date. Who does this if they are not already in love with you? Should have tipped you off right then and there. That's true. He clearly states that he is interested in her multiple times and she is constantly like, he's just pretending. And oh no, I think I have a crush on him, but he doesn't feel the same. Meanwhile, Aaron is just being the hard eye emoji personified. <laughs> this is a funny review. Yeah, I couldn't finish it either. I was like, oh, she was a little too unlike. Really glad I didn't because I was reading a review and she's talking about the like, who wrote this, Jonathan? Oh, a guy wrote this. That literally he like quotes the, quotes the, uh, sexual stuff that he says to her and I'm like oh gosh after their first kiss you know what I'm talking oh about? my gosh I just read that yeah 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 I was like oh yeah. gosh nope nope calm down sir this is your first kiss you have no and I repeat absolutely no <laughs> sexual chemistry you have barely exchanged a single flirtatious sentence and this is the first thing you say <laughs> you really recommend really? that you go into goodreads because we in our honest opinion cannot say these things the things that he said on there so just go to Jonathan review from april 19th i'm like i seriously okay this is gonna be us showing our like um vanilla side not vanilla like in terms of reading but like when i read things like this and like body parts are crudely mentioned i'm like it takes me right out of it It takes me right out of the moment like it doesn't it's not 
classy. It makes me like, it's kind of like, ooh. Yeah. Yeah. I think that there's a time and place, but like you really have to make the characters want it. And what sucks is like once sex is introduced, there's two ways it goes. One, then they have a bunch of sex all the time. Or two, yep. they something bad happens and then they never have sex again. Like it's just, yeah. there's that. And like, I was going to say, sex is supposed to be the climactic part of the story. <laughs> that is the truth though. <laughs> <laughs> and so like, yeah, I don't know. I just think um, there's certain ways, like, yeah, the way that the guy, the main character describes it, I'm like, oof, Clement. Okay, speaking of which, I have a funny thing. So Amanda Collins, who wrote A Lady's Guide to Mischief and Mayhem, I own that book and I own the An Heiress's Guide to Deception and Desire. Sorry, I'm reading it from my bookshelf. Okay. Um, I didn't realize I'm going to share my screen with you because I think it's super funny. I thought I, so this is, this is my problem is that I like pick a book up and I'm like, oh, this has a cartoon on it. So it must be fine. I will say, though, in the title, it says Lady's Most Scandalous Book One. This is my own fault. We know this. This <laughs> is her past writing. Um, yeah. Why Lord Gives Her Feathers. Ready, Set, Rogue. <laughs> mm, yeah. The Romance Rake. Duke with Benefit. <laughs> a good rake is hard to find. Oh, my gosh. How to Woo a Widow. Why Dukes Say I Do. One for the rogue. Why you have to understand there is only a shirtless man and like a girl in a like a strapping dress. Also, this woman yep. has written a lot of books. She has. So, she knows what she likes. We can't fault her for that, right? Yeah. So when I read that book, I did not expect. I expected like what I've been reading and I did not expect there to be like so many dirty thoughts. And I think I was telling you this, that like I was listening to it while driving home from Disney World. Oh my gosh. And and I remember like a part coming on and I was like, oh, they're going to fade to black. And then I'm just sitting there driving. They and don't I'm, fade to black. Or are asleep. And I'm just like, oh my gosh. And I like, You're like ah! and it didn't. And then I kept fast forwarding. The scene did not end for like Oh seven or my eight gosh. Years. Like the full chapter. And then it was wow. like, it was just a dirtier book. It wasn't, honestly, it's kind of like Love Hypothesis where they kept it all to like one chapter. Yeah. But they definitely had thoughts afterwards. Like, man. I, when I saw the light on her eyes, it made me think of this that night, you know? Yeah. Well, it doesn't help that, like, the, like, very top part is, like, a fun, flirtatious, romantic comedy, like, for fans of Enola Holmes. And, it like say it on, uh, so, like, yeah. the classic cover, like, the one that I just pulled up, like, that doesn't make any sense. It was a cartoon cover, like, oh. like this. This is what, this, it looks identical to this. Oh, yeah, yeah. What I saw at the bookstore, and this yeah. is what I bought. That is the problem. We've talked about this before, but that is a problem with putting the cute little like illustrated covers on a dirty, dirty romance book. Yeah, which it's great for people who are trying to hide their smut. But like for me, who just it looks, makes it very confusing. It just says wickedly smart. They're yeah. crime and enemies in love. Yep. That's all it says. It doesn't say anything about the, a lady's scandalous. It doesn't say that on the book. It just says so deceiving historical romance. But yeah. So I like cackled to myself this morning when I saw her previous books and was like, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. This yeah. makes more sense. Yeah. Um, the other two that I'm like, eh, two is the Royals Next Door. I thought the cover art was really cute and I didn't like it. And then I bought mm-hmm. Just Haven't Met You Yet, which is another one of those art things. I remember that. I didn't like it. Oh. Point blank. I just feel like it looks like this. 
I got at an airport. I thought it was cute. It's like purple, right? Yeah. Yep. It says, just haven't met you yet. And it's adorable, but I didn't like it because I didn't really like who the love interest was. I was just kind of like, oh, oh. yeah. Mm-hmm. Didn't relate. But I didn't. So I never gave or... it a chance. These are books that I didn't give a chance. They could be good, but I We're allowed to have an opinion. Yeah. I didn't give them a chance. So those are my DNFs. Ending on that note. Mm. On that fun note. Yeah. That's okay. Good. Okay. You can't like them all. We try, but yeah. Do you have anything else? Um, let me go through and see, like, because I do have a couple. Like, I have a shelf of DNF books on Goodreads. I am hesitant to put to um put things on that shelf because I'm like people are gonna see it and be mad at me. It's okay. Um, but You're nothing safe here new in, this, in our podcast. Honestly, everything on that shelf is like nothing. What new. do you think about a uh, demon time? Oh my gosh. Okay. Well, me and Celine shared our unedited pure thoughts on our Patreon. So if you're part of our Patreon, you can go there and listen to it. Yep. We just feel a little hurt. We little are hurting. It's going to take be... us a little bit to get some trust back. We are implicating over in the wrong way. We're just yeah. sad. So we're sad. And it's not even because of the main reason that we're sad. Like there's, I mean, that is the main one, but there's other reasons too, why I feel. Yeah. I think that the fifth book will help us hopefully. Yeah. I'm at a point though, where I'm definitely going to have to wait to read it. Like somebody's going to have to be like, am I safe? You're safe. You're not safe. I just want to know I'm safe. That's all. It's because I had like, I think that if I had the series had already been published all its way and I knew not to cheer for certain people, I would have been okay. But yeah, since I was like a hopeful yep. person, I heard well, my own. And name. even like, I'm tired of reading 18 perspectives. Nope. And I'm not going to feel bad about that. Nope. And I'll say this I really hope that we don't go 200 pages in the fifth book. And not hear from the main character again. Or not have her have magic that. and be able to use the magic. Yeah. I want her Definitely. to use her powers and come to her powers and use them and like. Yes. Not be safe. I don't want her to be saved. I want her to save no. herself. Yes. We. I'm like, I'm even past the point where I'm like, and she, if, even if there's like no romance, I'm okay with that. I have, I, your fans have followed you this far. We're intrigued with the story. We want to know what happens. You don't just have to give us romance. We love her world building. Yes. And the systems of magic. But just, we just want the world. We just want to see the fight. (sighs) Yeah. We're hurt. And you can so clearly tell. (laughs) I know. We're heading into April. It's like 30 minutes long. (laughs) Our like little video that we put on Patreon. So yeah, if you want the full thing, if -hmm. you can't afford Patreon, and you just want to DM us for the link, I can send it to you. I just let, but like, you know, you should, you know, join our Patreon. Yeah, join our <laughs> Patreon. But we got you, maybe. But if, we've got know. the Bloom community. If you have not joined our Bloom community yet, you should. You don't have to like do it every 10 weeks. You got to do it however you can because yeah. we more than anyone understand what it's like. But the whole purpose is to find a community of readers and find a community of writers. So yes, we've got some fun stuff. This is our yeah. writing section. There'll be like a little reading stuff later, but right now we're working on this with you. So yes. Yeah. We anyway. love it. We're just trying to create this awesome community and we love all of you. Thanks so much for hyping us up and being in our DMs and being our besties on here. So yes. Let us know your thoughts. What books have you been reading that you've been loving? And let us know. So we'll talk to you later. See you next time. Bye. Bye.